1: Welcome to the Tuesday, October sixth edition of the RotoWire NFL Podcast. Week four in the books. I'm Joe Bartle at JB Fantasy Sports. As always, alongside me is Jake Latarski at Roto. Uh, whoops, wow, at Roto Jake. Uh, before we get underway, I want to get a word from our sponsors. Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market on which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stock. Ever heard someone say, "I've had stock in Patrick Mahomes since day one"? Well. Great. You'd be off to a great start because you know this would happen. It's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit predictionstrike.com to create an account, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stock. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his production, his stock moves up. It's really that simple. You can just trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in a game. You can start today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with the code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. Again, predictionstrike.com. Use promo code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20. All right. So we had two Monday night football games for Week Four. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise!
2: Yeah, I've always been an advocate of Monday night football doubleheaders, but uh, I'm not sure I wanted it to happen in this way exactly. But you know, here we are, and 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 this is the reality we might see the rest of the season. Maybe I I would bet yeah, that yeah. Monday night doubleheaders are not over.
1: Yeah, I, you know what? That's a good point. Selfishly, I was annoyed a because the spotlight couldn't be on solely on our 4-0 Packers. And also, B, I had to stay up about an hour later than I normally would have because they had to reschedule the game, push it back a little bit later. Anyway, um, two big – Takeaways from this con- or from both of the Monday night contests are probably one of the two or two or three of the biggest pickups for this week as well. So should we start first
2: with our let's hometown do, favorites or Damian Harris? Let's go in order of the games. Right, you know, let's keep fine. it fair. Let's talk about let's talk about the Chiefs <laughs> and the Patriots. Uh, man, you know, ever since I had seen that Cam Newton tested positive, I thought 100% Bill Belichick will find a way to make this work in his advantage somehow because that's just what he does all the time. And I would have thought they would have done whatever they could to prevent this game from being played without Cam Newton. You don't want to play this game where it's going to have major implications on seeding in the AFC playoffs without your starting quarterback. But they went ahead and did it and saw very below-average—I'd say mixed results, but mixed results is (laughs) optimistic—
1: Yeah, it was a, a complimentary, if you were to call it that. I mean, mm-hmm. we we figured, um, and I was with you, I, I did not believe this game was going to happen, but we figured if it were to happen, it was going to be a pretty run-oriented game script from the Patriots' perspective, and lo and behold, they gave 28 carries to both Damian Harris and Burkhead combined. Uh, James White also had three carries as well as that. The, the kind of bigger news is that Brian Hoyer, who entered as the starter, got removed, uh, mm-hmm. what, in the third quarter, fourth quarter? But at that point, I had turned to the Packers yeah. game. So I, I was like, oh, Stidham's in. This is kind of crazy. See,
2: I, I set up the new place in my basement where I literally have a 50-inch TV right above a 45-inch TV. <laughs> so doubleheaders <laughs> are perfect, especially if they overlap, because I'm fine. That's how I've been watching, you know, a little bit of playoff baseball, a little bit mm-hmm. of uh, NBA Finals action. You know, that kind of stuff on the side here. But but anyway, yeah, so I see the stat lines for the Patriots running backs. And my big warning to everybody is, remember, this is Bill Belichick in the New England backfield. Um, you have to remember that Sonny Michelle did not play. Yep. And, excuse me, it's a little misleading give that uh, Harris had all those carries in those yards because Harris only ended up with... Uh, 23 snaps which is 31 percent of the snap count so in comparison rex burkhead had more snaps 26 snaps 35 uh, percent james white was on the field for 40 snaps 53 percent so yeah harris had a nice week but i mean how confident are you that he's the guy the rest of the way out and is suddenly going to kind of push these other guys out for playing time
1: so here's the problem that i have harris has not necessarily a higher draft pedigree sony michelle is a first round pick harris Mm -hmm. a third round pick but we've heard momentum of damien harris being a thing for i don't know man four five months now there's been a lot of people from the 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 new england camp whether it be beat writers or otherwise saying damien harris watch out he looks good he was a very popular favorite of many people in best ball leagues mario puig does a lot of the best ball leagues um prior like in our uh, july august range was uh Pounding the drums for him as well, among other people in the rotowire sphere, and certainly in fantasy overall. So we're very aware of what Damien Harris is as a player and what he can be. I feel like he's a higher upside player than Sony Michelle, and has the same role mm-hmm. as Sony Michelle. So many people are dropping Sony Michelle, and rightfully so. He had the nine carries, 100, 117 yards the week before, but it really was not, nothing more than like a weirder looking version of Jordan Howard, who was like the goal line yeah. vo- vulture for the, the Dolphins. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, it, I think there's I think there's room to pick up Damien Harris and say, hey, if I need 50 or 60 yards, I think he can do that for me. Mm-hmm. But if you're believing Harris is anything more than perhaps a better version of Sony Michelle. Then I think you're going about this the wrong way.
2: Yeah, the one area of optimism for me with Harris is that this was a game. I mean, they weren't overly behind the entire game. I mean, it, they were down three to six in, in the first half. And, right. you know, the final score is a little bit misleading uh, because, you know, you've got the interceptions and the turnovers at the end here. Um, but in a game where they're behind, uh, he was still productive. So that's a little bit productive. That, that's a little bit positive. But again, man, I, I, I just. These New England backfield guys, they just they just rub me the wrong way, and I'm not. I, I guess I, I see where you're coming from. You, you you buy him, you start him as a flex a couple times when you have to, but he's not anybody that's really going to change the trajectory of your fantasy season. So let's play this
1: out. Are you going to make Harris a number one waiver wire claim?
2: Um, I would say
1: no. I'm not either, and and I've been pretty aggressive throughout the four, first four weeks of the season, uh, season mm-hmm. going pick up this guy, pick up this guy, right. And it hasn't always worked out. Malcolm yep. Brown comes to mind immediately for us. I'm not going that direction with Damien mm-hmm. Harris, so I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't get attracted to the 17 for right. 100.
2: Yeah. So what about? So what about Fab then? What kind of percentage? Well, are that you was the at? next question I was going to go okay. with. I don't know. I have a number in my head. Twelve. Twelve percent. Okay, and I was going to go ten to twelve percent. So
1: we're we're in lockstep on yeah, that. I think exactly. that's I think that's the right idea. And again, you're you're putting that bid in assuming Harris is going to have this Sony Michelle mm-hmm. uh, role. Michelle was placed on injured reserve; is going to be out for the next three weeks at minimum. There is something to that, but in a lot of standard leagues and sp- certainly like mm-hmm. ten team leagues, Michelle was getting dropped everywhere. I mean, yeah. it's not like people mm-hmm. were really aggressively picking him up. And I think you have to think the same way with mm-hmm. Damien Harris, only a
2: little bit more upside. Yeah, Damien Harris had. Uh, eight more carries or seven more carries than Sony Michel had in any single game. So I think there's a little bit different there. It's not a direct comparison.
1: Well, I bet you that's the watermark, though. I yeah. think that's probably – I bet you this is Harris's season high for carries, mm-hmm. to be honest. And he looked fresh and he looked good, which is what you'd imagine after the, his first game coming back. And it sounded more or less like he could have been available if there wasn't this injured reserve thing where he can – Brings him back every three weeks. Yeah.
2: The other one downside with grabbing Harris right now is that uh Broncos are fifth in the league against opposing running backs. Then they have a bye week. Then they've got San Francisco who's number one. Mm, yeah. So like the upcoming schedule, yeah, you start him you can you can start him because of opportunity, uh, but you're the expectations definitely have to be in check. After that, week night on, week nine on, that schedule looks pretty nice. And especially presuming you get Cam Newton back, then his value would shoot up. But that'll be right around the time that Michelle is again available here. So it's a complicated situation. I think we're both... This is just... I mean, honestly, straight up off the bat, this is a week where waiver wires aren't super attractive. I don't think there's anybody that you use a number one claim on this week. First time and all most season, of these, really. Yeah, first time all season. I mean, yeah. Harris is no... He's no Mike Davis type of pickup, right. you know, that kind right. of thing. So... uh You know, nobody that – we're not really going over 10%, 15% on really any one option this week.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. And the reason I brought up the Brian uh, Brian Hoyer, Jared Stidham thing is because that's the other part of this equation that's making it down. Maybe if Newton is playing the whole time and we have a competent quarterback situation, there's going to be more goal line opportunities for Damien Harris Mm -hmm. to potentially score. But we saw how the quarterbacks played last night. Stidham – the one pick was just a drop pass that ended up being a pick six. I don't know if I look into that. Mm-hmm. Hoyer had that horrible sack that cost them points at the end of the half, uh, but still did throw a ball under, under through a ball, which really kind of was the game, ended the game for the mm-hmm. Chiefs' perspective on that pick. Um, I don't like. The quarterback situation isn't great. I don't think the offense is going to look very good for the Patriots. For them to win, it's Mm -hmm. a 13, 16, 17 kind
2: of game, right? Yeah, so so Cam Newton's apparently asymptomatic. I mean, I haven't seen much on his status later. I don't know if he's going to be rushing back anytime soon. But for your two quarterback leagues, I mean, did they give the ball back to Hoyer because they made this change? Is it suddenly a Stidham?
1: I think it's a Stidham thing because we heard all about Stidham being the guy before they signed Newton. I, I don't know, like Mario and John. I, I put a lot of my faith in them. They yeah. both think Stidham is terrible. I don't think he's that yeah. bad, but maybe I mean, if he plays as bad as he did again. Remember
2: gone. in like early July, basketball leagues, everyone's taken Stidham. Yeah, yeah I so, did. I have him in my baseball league. Yeah, <laughs> see, I didn't do any baseballs that. Well, that I, early, I
1: partnered but. him with Newton, so it's fine. I mean, don't worry about it. I okay, to, so, yeah.
2: So you're fine then. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I saw so those people that were waiting to make their team name Stardom or Stidham. I, I, <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, it, uh, you might have another week of that at best. But, I'm so
1: uh, uncreative that I, I just like all these team names that people do. I just laugh at them every time. And then I think to myself, God, I'm horrible mm-hmm. because I could never have come yeah, up with these. I,
2: I don't have that many great ones. Mine are mostly dumb inside jokes I have with my friends. Well,
1: I'm sure people just pair it off as <laughs> somebody else. But even like wherever the origin is of a really good fantasy football name – like they they need to have a job somewhere in this capacity because mm-hmm. they're I- important people in
2: the fantasy realm. All right, come from somewhere. Yep. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's let's move on. I was just thinking of like Family mm-hmm. Guy and where the
2: original dirty well, joke came from. We we went through a Monday Night Football game. Didn't even touch on any of the Chiefs. Do we need to? No, we don't need to. It's a waiver <laughs> wire show. I'm just saying like uh, – I, I I mean a lot of people were picking up Hardman or Harris or, or to, try oh, to, like, yeah. to try to salvage the best of a bad situation, especially after Devontae and who and Julio was questionable. Hardman was beat questionable. Me two
1: leaks, and I only kept thinking of you over here who I've been doing with the podcast now for the last two, month, yeah. two months or so saying, hey, Hardman, wide receiver three, wide receiver three. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, great, but they have to – get some of the guys actually off there, Demarcus Robinson in particular. Mm-hmm. And here he goes, four catches, 27 yards, gets the jet sweep pass for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, that ended up costing me in, in two leagues. Mm-hmm.
2: A little underwhelming for Mahomes owners, but you know you can't be complain- complaining too much. He got the result in real life. It just wasn't necessarily a shootout, so you had to keep expectations in check. Naturally, I didn't think this game was going to be played, so I dropped the Kansas City defense in a couple places.
0: And oh, here yeah.
2: we are. He ended up picking up the Packers defense, which wasn't so bad anyway, but still not quite what we were at. So yeah, I guess we can move on to the Packers. I was, say, it, was, you... it, was it was pretty status quo for the Chiefs.
1: Don't don't rob me of this. I'm I'm very excited to talk about Robert Tanya and our boy, Big mm-hmm. Bob, right?
2: Like, this is it. Yeah. So the Robert Tanya nickname thing is something important that needs to be discussed because we haven't, um, <laughs> I, the announcers don't quite have it. We don't quite have one in Wisconsin yet. Um, as an MMA guy myself, uh, I'm a fan of the fighter Robert Whittaker, who goes by Bobby Knuckles. So I just think Bobby T is appropriate. In this situation, now. you said you said Big Bob. Oh, I think it's Big Bob all the way. That's a that's the perfect Wisconsin nickname
1: is Big Bob. And they're trying to do the Baby Kittle thing last night. I don't know if you heard that in the broadcast. Because
2: well, Kittle was because like they worked out like once. Like,
1: all right, cool. I, no, you're not Baby Kittle. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand. I mean,
2: you're not Baby anyone when you catch three touchdown passes on Monday night prime time. Yeah, so. fine, but I mean,
1: Kittle had 15 catches on 150 yards last mm-hmm. or Sunday. If you're going to be a baby to anyone, it's Kittle. But I just think they're completely different players. It doesn't matter. The nickname thing is not important. I don't know. How dare you say (laughs) that? Because this is a waiver wire podcast, and people are going to be running out there to go ahead and get Robert Tanyan. Six catches, 98 yards, three touchdowns. The only issue. He has a bye this week. Both the Packers and Lions will not play in week five. It's not due to COVID stuff. This is scheduled. So the Tanyan train is going to have Mm -hmm. to slow down, I
2: think, a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were relying on Noah Fant, for example, who is injured and probably, I I don't know if he's been on IR yet or is going to, um, if you're relying on Noah Fant, if you were relying on... Tyler Higby for example who just doesn't run routes anymore apparently you know if you're relying on some of those guys and are thinking that Robert Tonyan is going to be the big big solution to your fantasy football season I this is this is like the peak right here of 2020 it has to be I mean yeah.
1: it just is I know he's got five touchdowns so he actually is tied with Mike Evans for the league lead in touchdowns at the moment and certainly has more touchdowns than any other tight end at the moment as well but five touchdowns through really what amounted to three games it it I think this is a byproduct. And if you remember, if you can recall last year um, when Devontae Adams was down, I think specifically that Chiefs game, mm-hmm. that was the first time that I think the national audience really was like, oh, shit, Aaron Jones is a thing, right? He mm-hmm. caught that game-winning touchdown. It was a great throw by Rodgers. Yeah. But this is this is the byproduct of Devontae Adams and, of course, Alan Lazard the core mm-hmm. surgery out, is that the Packers offense under uh, Matt LaFleur is able to make things be things. And I say Aaron Jones last mm-hmm. last year and robert tanyan this year Mm -hmm. i don't know if he's a guy that i'm investing any more than 10 to 12 percent of my budget for
2: Well, yeah well first of all got all the credit in the world to the floor working this two tight end three running backs on the field all the time having his running backs line up line up as receivers who needed to spend a first or second round pick on a receiver when you've got you know a brilliant schemer like this um but, again, I just don't know how sustainable this is. So and, of course, then there's the bye week next, next week. So if someone wants to spend more than 15% of their fab on Robert Tanyan, then sit on him for a week and maybe end up cutting him because of another COVID situation or, or something like that, um, I'm going to let somebody else do it. Tanyan, I mean, he, he looks the part, absolutely. It's him and Sternberger and a lot of two tight end sets. And
1: Sternberger uh, didn't even get a catch mm-hmm. last night.
2: Yeah, Mercedes Lewis is still a little bit banged up. Josiah DeGuara had to be kind of helped off the field last night. Uh, Yeah, so Sternberger, I think, got hurt by some of those early drops that Rodgers gave him and, you know, right off the hands. He was
1: like, we don't have the snap kind of uh, information available yet. I know he was out there. I had a over under not placed somewhere on his receiving totals and he didn't get anywhere near that. And I I thought the Titans are going to get involved. And I thought Tanya would too. I just didn't think it to this extent worth pointing out at least one of those touchdowns for sure. I think it was the second one, was like wide open. Somebody fell down. They were trying to hold him and just completely fell down. Mm-hmm. Got a 25-yard touchdown on that play. Like yeah. the the production, you're gonna look at those numbers and be like, wow, this is incredible, especially for tight ends. If I had an Austin Hooper or Noah Fant or T.J. Hawkinson, uh, who's mm-hmm. also on by this week, it just just dial back the yeah. expectations a little bit. So
2: Rodgers threw 33 passes, right? And I'm looking at their targets. He only targeted wide receivers 12 times, unless you count Tyler Irvin as a receiver, which you kind of basically do with this side. He's a running back only a number. So I, but that's just going to change. We're going to have Devonte Adams after by, back after the buy. Um, I've seen rumored a lot of the talk is like five weeks total for Lazard. Mm-hmm. But once Adams and Lazard are back, I just don't see. Uh, you know, six to eight tight end targets. The way that this is set up, you know, those guys are set up to help the run game right. move. So, I, I, I'm a little bit hesitant on you know going all out for for Tanyaan in the Fab this week.
1: Yeah, it's great for prop bets if you were to say, "Hey, touchdowns going to score uh, by tight end." Well, there you go. I, I think that makes more sense in the constant in the context that you imagined with. Adams and Lazard being back, but right now, especially with the bye week, like if there wasn't the bye week happening, maybe I'd be a bit more optimistic about Tanya's fantasy stats, but I'm just not going that aggressively. Um, Sticking with the Packers-Falcons game for one more player, Jamal Williams, eight catches, 95 yards. He got eight carries for 10 yards as well. I don't know if you saw it at all, but in the second quarter, I don't think Aaron Jones played. It, or the third quarter one of the they, they just didn 't even put him out there, and then Jones came back into the point where I thought Jones was perhaps injured because he had that great first drive, scored the wide open touchdown had thirty thirty five total yards on catches and runs and it's almost like they're like oh wow this falcons team is that bad all right no no worries we're just going to let uh, jones rest a
2: little bit yeah I was, I was thinking the same thing like hey don't put him back up right. why is rogers still out there you know that, that that crosses my mind all the time
1: i normally am a very nervous packers fan even if i'm up 21 points it's like up oh, waiting for the wheels to fall off mm-hmm. At, no point Monday. Did I feel like that was going to happen? It was kind of just smooth sailing throughout. So if you're going to be like saying, "All right, I need a I need a backup." Like if I if Aaron Jones were to get hurt, well Jamal Williams has to be the guy. I don't know if that's the case. It's not like a Chase Edmonds. It's not like a Tony Pollard where there's very clear and obvious backup value to these players. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams would get involved, but I think you'd see A.J. Dillon do some things. I think Tyler Irvin would be that's more of a factor of in the guys. backfield. Like don't be aggressive in a PPR league and see, Oh wow, he had eighteen points, gotta pick up mm-hmm. J- Jamal Williams. That's that's a that's so, that's a wrong move. So
2: basically to. just do this exercise in your head. All right. So Devontae Adams comes back and you just, just pencil him in for ten, twelve targets and then look at that box score and try to start picking apart where those targets are gonna come away mm-hmm. from here. And then you kinda can readjust and think, Okay, do I really wanna put that kind of fat bit on him?
1: Yeah. All right, can we move to the quarterbacks? I think we've done talk enough about the Packers, right?
2: Yes, yes. Yeah, I know they need to put a, <laughs> Sorry. a, a cap on us or something. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I, I, we, we can do a whole pod on the Packers. Our
1: only audience is uh, members from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. so everyone's jacked about
2: that. Yeah, Jamal I, Williams is 13% rostered in Yahoo leagues for what's that what that's worth it, and that's the last little tidbit I'll throw um, on there on the Packers.
1: A buck or two if you really want to protect mm-hmm. on Aaron Jones, but I'm not picking him up. There's, I just think you're you're exactly. being too aggressive. At We've
2: got a couple other backs we definitely want to get to. Yes,
1: yes. But before we do that, quarterbacks, right? And I think mm-hmm. this week might actually be a pretty decent week to try to find your streamer. If you have Aaron Rodgers, if you have Matthew Stafford, if you have Cam Newton, well, you are actually probably in luck because I think there's at least three guys who are Under 50% owned, which is our Yahoo threshold right now, under 50% owned in Yahoo. That could make a big difference. I'm going to start first with the guy I like the most, Teddy Bridgewater, going against the Falcons. Only 20% owned right now. His production is made a little bit better from last week because he ran for that touchdown. I think it was the first time since that really nasty surgery he had to have um, where Bridgewater ran for a touchdown. But quietly, the Panthers' offense has been pretty productive, I think, back to the Chargers game as well. Bridgewater was throwing really well. And the Falcons uh, missing Kazee, their safety, who... Suffered a torn Achilles, I think, uh, during the Packers mm-hmm. game, is something like that. Well, and then you've got, and then the corner's yeah. already out too. Mm-hmm.
2: You've and you got Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal, both were we're going to be questionable now. The, ga- the day afterwards, who knows what their status is coming back? I mean, losing guys like Denard, and it, it's just. It's it's a mess. That whole defense is in shambles, and I know that Dan Quinn's going to eventually pay for it if he doesn't pay for it while we're recording this podcast. (laughs) But they they've they've really had uh, bad luck. And normally this is an offense that can keep up enough. Uh, They didn't quite get there on Monday night, but uh, yeah, they're going to have to. This offense is going to just have to score like crazy if they're going to. I mean, if they're going to be in any of these games because this defense, yeah, you you know your guys, Grady Jarrett, Dante Fowler, they've got some guys in the front seven that are capable. But teams are just going to throw all over them. I mean, even the Robert Tanyan fourth down conversion, I think, Rodgers had two guys wide open. I mean, right. this is just, he could have embarrassing to any yeah. of three wide open receivers. I cannot, pay, if you do not watch this game, I cannot paint a picture of, how, of just how pathetic the secondary is. So you do have a very good point with Teddy. Um, but again, yeah, we'll see how that goes.
1: This is, I mean, it'll be extending to the running backs or wide receivers depending on what format you play, but a guy like Curtis Samuel, we just talked about Jamal Williams getting eight catches for 95 yards, Aaron Jones also had five for 40, I mean, and and multiple times where you mentioned the Falcons defense just simply wasn't there, was a byproduct Mm -hmm. of the running backs
2: getting passes out of the backfield. Just practicing excellent social distancing, we can get those jokes (laughs) out of the way.
1: I think Curtis Samuel, and certainly Mike Davis as well to an extent, Mm -hmm. are going to be really valuable commodities for Bridgewater, he doesn't throw deep all at all. Unless it's to Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore runs a lot of deep routes, and so you just, know the underneath <laughs> is going to be available. I think Bridgewater is a top twelve fantasy mm-hmm. quarterback this week, and I would be very aggressive in picking him up.
2: Yeah, that's like DJ Moore's just just job: run deep routes and just and run be straight a distraction because yeah. Eddie's not actually going to throw it to you apparently. Unless anyway. you're Robbie
1: Anderson. like That's the part that I don't get. I think DJ Moore is a better wide receiver, but Anderson has been mm-hmm. very clearly the deep ball threat. We talked about him on the very first week of the podcast. He's really just yeah. been a continual presence of
2: 80-90 receiving yards. Alright, so we got Bridgewater at Atlanta. Speaking of organizations in shambles, uh, Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars head to Houston this week. Hey,
1: Bill and, O'Brien, finally gone.
2: Yeah, the uh, yes, finally. I mean, uh, Je- Jeff and Liz talked about this extensively Monday, so we don't need to get into it. We all know Bill O'Brien was bad. Move on, basically here. So uh, Gardner Minshew, 46% at Houston. Uh, the, this is a team that uh, the, the defense just hasn't quite been there, and, and Gardner Minshew is getting... He's getting stuff out of DJ Shark. He's getting more out of the rookie Lavisca Chenault. They have an established running back in James Robinson. Now you can see why Gardner Minshew is approaching this mm-hmm. this threshold because you know there's there's really not questions about any kind of job security anymore, and uh, and he's going to continue to be an option that uh, might be better than your QB two the rest of the season. You're definitely worth evaluating.
1: Well, yeah, I have to debate this week between Matt Ryan going against the Panthers and Gardner Minshew going against the Texans. I feel fine about both. There's there's no problems with either one, but it's like, all right, which one's going to score in top seven production, and the other one's only be top twelve. I mm-hmm. think that's kind of how you have to look at it. Gardner Minshew. Like I just in most leagues, I have to imagine they're competitive. I did the SiriusXM Radio on Saturday with Jim Coventry, and we were debating what this means for Cam Newton. Well, maybe I said Ryan Fitzpatrick was available in 30 or was only picked up in 33% of leagues in Yahoo on Tuesday. And some guy tweeted and was like, you guys have to stop using the software projections. Most people are just not even playing in those leagues anyway. And I'm like, you can only go off the information you have, right? Like this
2: is, I mean, if you're you're actually picking somebody up, I mean, who do people write, make bots to do their waiver wire? Because a physical person has to actually make the ad.
1: I couldn't understand what he was, what he was getting at. He's like, Mm -hmm. in in non-competitive leagues, Ryan Fitzpatrick is only available. Well, are really 70% of leagues non-competitive? I, I don't know. So, all right, whatever. But that being said, I do think Gardner Minshew is probably rostered in most places. He is a guy that I would absolutely go and check if he's available. If not, uh, or like if you need to replace Roger, Stafford, Newton, start first with Minshew. The next guy I would go to Daniel Jones against the Cowboys defense which would let me probably throw for 300 yards it looks like I mean Mayfield was the only one who hasn't thus far and it's because the defense was getting eaten up by the ground game
2: yeah and how many of those yards the Jarvis Landry take away with that bomb yeah
1: to, to Odell back that was a great throw by the mm-hmm. way as well so I mean that's situation to me it's a, it's a three horse race Minshew Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater all have top 12 fantasy upside at the quarterback position. You could look at a Baker Mayfield or Fitzpatrick or Cousins or even Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr may be out of that group. Uh, Kirk Cousins. We liked Fitzpatrick last week against the Seahawks defense. Kirk yeah. Cousins this week. You know, like, I don't know. I, I think out of those three, Minshew, Daniel uh, Daniel Jones, and Bridgewater, one of them's got to be yeah. available. The
2: other guy I'd like to throw into the mix just in case is Justin Herbert, who's only 16% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. He, I mean, last week he was pretty brilliant twenty for twenty five, three touchdowns against Tampa Bay. Granted, you know, on a loss, Tom Brady did his thing. But the upcoming schedule for Herbert is amazing. At New Orleans versus the Jets, at Miami versus the Jaguars, versus the Raiders, yeah, great. and then and then bye. So it's a really beautiful schedule for him. The only thing is, if you make the pickup on Justin Herbert. I think you know Jeff and Jeff and List touched on this a lot yesterday. Um, you're going to have to deal with like a one half of Tyrod Taylor the rest of the way out because like legally, just to protect their neck in a lawsuit situation, <laughs> they have to. I think that's why Anthony Lynn is just kind of being a good organization guy. You know, we don't need to get too far into this, but basically to prevent a massive lawsuit, Tyrod Taylor is going to have to come in for like a half, and then. The moment he doesn't score or or throws an interception or something, then they can officially make the switch, so they can call it performance based or something like that. So you got to be ready for that. But other I, than that, over <laughs> these next five weeks here, uh, Justin Herbert, he's the man. I think the rookie looks ready.
1: I didn't even think about the lawsuit application. I, th- I just thought Anthony Lynn was being like. Head coach obtuse, right? Like that's a different word. I know, like we know what obtuse mm-hmm. is normally, but like there's a different version of it. It's just head coach obtuse, where they just bury their head in the sand. But you're right, maybe no, he's that, like that,
2: that's got to be the owner pressuring. Right? Yeah, he's, know, he's like, probably
1: told by I mean, higher ups, no, you need to make sure Tyrod is the starter. Wink, yeah. wink.
2: I guess if you, I guess if you own an NFL football team, twenty, thirty million dollars in a lawsuit isn't that bad, but it's also. 20 30 million dollars that you'd rather keep.
1: Yes, and we know how stingy the Chargers ownership is. All right, let's move over to the running back position. We talked about Damien Harris who I think many are going to consider at the top of the uh, top of the charts for the running backs, but I guess I would say no. <laughs> I like I don't want to pause too much, but like okay, so Philip Lindsay down to 49% uh rostered in Yahoo leagues. Man, I mean, like, if Lindsey's available, I'm picking him up. This is not a question for me, but I'm not in many leagues where he is available, so I'm not sure I consider that in Mm -hmm. the same range. And you've done that in past weeks with podcasts. Okay, Chase Edmonds, 35% owned. Kenny Drake uh, left... Sunday's game with an injury. Oh, he actually just got the wind knocked out of him. Okay, fine. So that's not a big deal. But I think Chase Edmonds at this point. I don't know if it's fair to say, but I think at this point, Edmonds might be the better player out of that backfield. And Mm -hmm. I certainly would like to have him on my bench as a running back four or something like
2: that. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, I think I'm going to roster a guy like Chase Edmonds over your Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison. Those. Oh, I'll still
1: take Pollard. Pollard? Uh, Pollard's getting involved in the offense enough, but I I just mm-hmm. like you're getting running back one overall if Zeke got hurt.
2: Yeah, yeah, but but still, I mean, yeah, I guess in terms of skill, it's tough. But the thing is, Edmonds is going to get you points every week until that day happens, or if that day that day might not happen at all, Edmonds will still at least get you points. Um, I found a tweet from Smola DFS, the guy Jerry twice tweet or cites a lot in his hidden stat line and uh it just kind of goes the passing situations uh pass routes through four games drake has 85 Edmonds has 64 but targets Edmonds has 17 and drake has five so Edmonds seems like the ca- pass catching back in this scenario and i think you know if something or if, if they were to realize like okay we don't really have that much of an investment in drake um you know maybe we should even this out a little bit more it doesn't necessarily need a drake injury for Edmonds to become fantasy relevant and uh we're gonna to have to have make some tough decisions on on Kyler Murray because he's obviously glorious for fantasy, but how mm. good is he actually in real life? Is he new Josh Allen? Did we did we find a new Josh Allen? Because now,
1: I, like you're gonna get scolded if you say that Josh Allen still isn't a good quarterback. Yeah, Twitter gets very angry at you if you do that.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I mean, he's he's definitely <laughs> trending in that direction, for sure.
1: I'm fine, Twitter. Bring it on. I still don't think Josh Allen's the thing. It's all right. Um, okay, so Chase Edmonds, 35% owned. I'm definitely mm. picking him up right away. But let's get to the guys that have really been boosted now because of injury. Nick Chubb is going to miss, it sounds like, at least six weeks. It's brutal for basically every team I own Mm -hmm. uh, and certainly is hurt worse by the fact that I was completely out on Kareem Hunt. And I feel like the people who drafted Hunt are going to be rewarded because he really wasn't the guy when Nick Chubb was healthy and playing. Mm -hmm. But here we are, Chubb likely done for most of the fantasy season. Hunt is going to be owned everywhere. If you can trade for him and get, I Man, I'm mean, like i fine paying as high a premium as unique. Cause I think Hunt is going to be very involved moving forward. But it's possible Dearness Johnson or Dontrell Hilliard could also be factors. Johnson was the guy that had 95 rushing yards against the Cowboys. But much like I could throw for 300 yards against the Cowboys, I could probably run for at least 50 against the Cowboys defense too. Mm-hmm. They are just that bad right now. Do you really buy into Dearness Johnson or Hilliard as players that need to be picked up, because you certainly can have them just about anywhere.
2: Yeah, I don't think they necessarily need to be picked up in 12-teamers, because you you do put yourself in an interesting predicament if you pick someone up, like, okay, am I actually going to start them now, or I like my backup, running mm-hmm. back lottery ticket type uh, on the bench here? And it looks like it's Johnson over Hilliard, but it was very close. Uh, only a 3% greater snap share for Johnson, but the carry split is what's notable, 13-5, to five, and then Hilliard got one target, but the targets are going to go heavily to Hunt's so so that wouldn't matter too much now. I mean, it's a big boost for Hunt for sure, but some. But it's not like Hunt's It's going to be one of these one-man backfield situations. So Johnson's going to get 5 to 10 touches, carries in a game. You just have to decide, are those 5 to 10 touches going to be any more or less valuable than, say— Justin Jackson's 5 to 10 touches over with the LA Chargers who are dealing with a very similar situation here except it's almost the opposite their pass catching back yeah, is the true. one that got it's like the inverse of it so mm-hmm. there, so Austin Eckler, he's going to be out you know it's looking like 4 to 6 weeks uh, with the, with a hip injury is it hamstring hamstring Hamstring. Okay. yeah and Might it would be worse it looked
1: pretty serious I mean he was able to kind of walk off but then they needed to bring the cart over on the sideline and he couldn't even get into the cart right away it looked it looked troubling but you couldn't actually see the injury when it happened normally when it's that severe in those players and Eckler is a super strong guy he's played through a lot of injuries through his career um to see him that limited um movement wise was like oh man like you would have thought his leg got completely torn underneath somebody it didn't really look that way so i guess four to six weeks um i guess it makes some sense i i think we need to explain the chargers backfield a little bit before we can dive more into what you're putting in for a fab budget on mm-hmm. justin jackson or picking them up the chargers for really as long as i have been covering them have really been adamant about making a 1a 1b situation with their backfield when you have Melvin Gordon, a first-round pick, and an Austin Eckler, who is one of the more talented running backs in the entire league, it makes sense. But even this year, when it has been Eckler and Kelly, I mean, Kelly was a fourth-round pick, but they're getting him 12 to 14 carries a game right now. They are going to make sure that continues to happen. When you are thinking of Justin Jackson uh, in relation to Austin Eckler, I think you have to assume he's the 1B to Kelly's 1A. But Kelly's going to get more of the carries. I think Jackson will come in and get maybe five to six carries for 40 yards and do some pass-catching stuff. They both can receive or can be receivers pretty well, but I don't know if there's one that stands out more than the other. Jackson actually has more of a collegiate pedigree than Kelly does too, and that needs to be factored in. Jackson missed the last two Mm -hmm. games, came back just this past week. So if you're like, oh, wow, he didn't get that involved, um, I think it's more due to the fact that they were really trying to Take it a little bit easy with Jackson. We know Anthony Lynn loves him. Um, he's owned in 5% of the leagues right now on Yahoo. I think it needs to be more like 25, 30% by the end of the week.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I'm kind of looking at the split here to see if maybe maybe Justin Jackson could sneak in and get some goal line work, but there's nothing. It's going to be Kelly. Yeah, there's nothing that really suggests that. I mean, Jackson's 6 feet, 200 pounds. Kelly's 5'11, 212. So I could see Kelly. Um, I mean, in terms of the receiving prowess this year i mean granted kelly's gotten more opportunities but it definitely seems to have kelly written all over it i just think that there's going to be it's it's basically it goes back to the whole browns conversation who do you think the 510 carries a game are going to be more valuable from is are they going to be more valuable from from justin jackson or are they going to be more valuable from dearness johnson and for that reason i think you're putting similar bids in these guys but i do rate Rank Justin J- uh, Jackson a bit higher uh, in Fab, and and I'd put a six to eight percent number on him.
1: Okay, and I'm going to actually go a little bit more aggressive on that. I I actually think there is going to be more of a Kareem Hunt does everything type of deal. I don't know if the Browns should do that, but I think they're going to be motivated to. They have him under a contract extension uh, that was pretty favorable for them. There's no reason not to feed Kareem Hunt when you're talking about lesser lesser snaps to DeAndre Johnson or Hilliard. I think the Chargers probably view Jackson and Kelly similarly. I think they're both similar talents. And that's to say none are that great of players, at least relative to Austin Eckler. Mm -hmm. A bigger point, though, for me, Kelly has had two in back-to-back weeks pretty egregious fumbles. Yes. Pretty egregious. Yes.
2: Thank you for bringing that up. I almost forgot to bring that up because that, that is absolutely an issue.
1: I mean, last week, or like this Sunday, was basically the turning point of the entire game. Chargers are up by three scores, get the ball around the 10 yard line on a punt uh, to end the half. Kelly gets the carry, fumbles it immediately. I, like it was, it, it didn't look like the handoff ever got there, mm-hmm. but I don't think Herbert really messed it up too bad. That's back to back weeks for fumbles on Kelly. And Jackson really saw a bit more of a workload in the second half
2: as a result. That's a very good point. Uh, Jackson has, let's see here, 71 carries in his pro career and has never lost a fumble. He has fumbled a couple times. So uh, um, I, I guess there's that there's that too. So if, you think it, if you're thinking already like a 65-35 split, it probably gets a little closer than that to 60-40 and closer to 50-50. So that you, I, I do see that argument for more touches from Jackson. Than well,
1: and like and Johnson. then Jackson had a six point nine yards per carry average last year. Now mm-hmm. most of that, almost all of it, came when Melvin Gordon was on that four game holdout. Um, but I, I still think you're going to see Jackson. Operate as the spellback, which is what they'd like to do with the Chargers, and then just be so good and so much more consistent that he works his way maybe even to being the primary shareholder. So I'm going to invest more like a ten to twelve percent of my budget mm-hmm. on a Jackson, and I'll probably do the five to six percent. And this is just to reinforce what I'm saying. I think I'd rather have Jackson than Damien Harris.
2: Yeah, and I would was, rather that's have Jackson goes back to right.
1: I'd rather have Jackson than Robert Tanyan, too.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely both those guys probably over Tanyan. Um, But, yeah, it comes down to Harris – or Justin Jackson. And you know what? I, th- I think I agree with you. you. You've been covering the chargers long enough. You know, we all kind of have side beats here and the chargers are Joe's. You've been covering that long enough that I think you can talk me into that. And, and I'll trust your opinion on that one.
1: If chase Edmonds is available, yes, go ahead and pick him up instead. If Philip Lindsay is available for some reason, yes, go pick him up instead. But Jackson, not Harris, not Tanyan, and Jackson is probably my top option. I'm still not using a number one waiver wire claim on him. I think it's just going to be nope. too inconsistent for maybe yeah. what, a month to a month.
2: Mm-hmm. You no, know, the way that this season is going there's going to be someone better yes. next week yep. or the week after to yep. put your number one claim on. But. Pretty easy for me to wait off on that. So. Yeah, but but Fab, there's there's a, a modest bit is in order.
1: Yep. All right. So let's move over to the water receivers. Before we do that, I want to get a word from our sponsors, Stable Duel. Are you dominating your fantasy league? Well, now there's another game you need to play. Imagine a fantasy for horse racing. Stable Duel is live with daily contests offering thousands of dollars to be won each week. Download the Stable Duel app, create your account, and start selecting your horses today. Compete against other players for winner's circle glory and big money prizes. New to racing? Don't worry. Stable Duel is simple and fun with low level entries and big payouts. Name your stable, select ten horses within your bankroll, and watch each horse accumulate points depending on where they finish. Invite friends to compete against and show them who dominates at sports, including the sport of kings. Download the Stable Duel app and build your build your stable today. Get in the action of Stable Duel, play, race win okay wide receivers now I mean we talked a lot about uh, Robert Tanyan who's obviously tight end Uh, we'll get to a few more of those guys out there I think there's kind of a sneakily interesting factor especially in deeper leagues now if you're in a 10 team league I imagine most of these names aren't gonna be attracted to you T Higgins He's only rostered in 33% of the leagues. Tim Patrick. I mean, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, they're out. Broncos got to throw to somebody. Scotty Miller has now factored in. Mike Evans was in and out of Sunday's game with an injury. Chris Gabel missed Sunday's game. LaVisca Chenault has been more involved with the Jaguars. There's a lot of options out there. Like, Who is your top target out of this wide receiver group?
2: I still think that the first name that you punch in, in any case, is T. Higgins. Because, I mean, we saw, especially in, towards the back half of that game, uh, the Bengals played this week, that A.J. Green just wasn't He's on done. the field. He's done. He's, done. <laughs> He's done. I mean, A.J. Green goes on your drop list. Yes. I mean, I've been saying that for years. Yeah, I though. mean, we've, we've said this <laughs> since draft season. Like if there's no not really such a thing as a don't draft list. But if we you were if you were forced to make one kind of gun to your head situation, AJ Green would have been on it. Finally, that has came to fruition here. It is the T Higgins show. He is the top receiver you pick up for long term rest of season upside, though. Definitely don't don't. Don't fall into the trap where you pick him up this week and then rage drop him because he plays the Ravens and had Marcus Peters on him mm, all game. Good point. So yep. it's a very, very bad matchup this week. There's, don't get me wrong, there's there's no way around saying that. I expect probably another Boyd-heavy week. Boyd's going to continue to be the leading man. But T. Higgins has plenty of opportunity uh, to continue to take this job and run with it the rest of the season. Him and Burrow seem to have chemistry. Uh, he's the guy. 6'4", 215, obviously second-round pick. The guy... He's been exceptional in what I've seen from him this this year, and AJ Green's job is now his. There's there's you know no argument there really. So you go with him uh, as your long term guy, but you just need to be a little bit careful about this week and this week only because guys like Patrick and Scotty Miller, you know, might be in better situations just this week. Miller, of course, has that injury that you got to watch out for. So um, you know you already missed practice with a hip injury, but the and they play Thursday night. I mean that, put, that's yeah. a big. They
1: play Thursday night as well, so that's why we know their status. Um, there is one receiver, like I, I for sure T Higgins, but I already have T Higgins just about anywhere I can. There is one re- receiver that I would consider instead, Lavisca Chenault He caught five of six targets for eighty-six yards. He again carried the ball in that loss to the Bengals um, this past Sunday. It was great. You mentioned the Bengals uh, did well. They have the Ravens this week as a Joe Mixon manager. It was fun to actually have a good week of Joe Mixon. Now we're going to be back to whatever this is. But quietly, I was watching. Watching that game and thinking, man, Chenault is just explosive, and you haven't really seen it before. Three catches, three catches, five catches, but each of the past three weeks never had more than forty yards. This was different, and I think when you have a solid matchup like he does against Jackson, or sorry, against Houston this week, and then the Lions next week. That's a guy that I think you could say, hey, wide receiver three, easy, flex, easy, mm-hmm. and that I would be very interested in committing maybe 12 to 15 percent of my budget in a 12-team league if he wasn't already available.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely seeing him playing wide receiver two the rest of the year to Shark, and I, looking at this schedule, he doesn't play a team that is in the top 10 against opposing wide receivers in standard formats until week 16 against the Bears. So the schedule for the Jaguars wide receivers looks pretty great moving forward. There's a lot of pretty poor defenses on that on these books, and that only helps a guy like Chenault, who you, you buy the skill set already, and now that it finally looks like he's getting the opportunity, you know, you put you put the two pillars of fantasy together. And here you are. I mean, he's kind of like the new, the new Jefferson or the new Ayuk. Um, you know, when rookies that are, are are ready to go here and going to be a, a factor in fantasy. Their preseason's officially done now. Remember, You're right now it's the rookie regular season.
1: <laughs> well, and and again, pointing out Jefferson, back to back 100 yard weeks now. I mean, we were mm-hmm. all on the Jefferson last week. I think Chenault has that talent right now. Um, there's there's been. A lot of people that I've known that were on Chenault, Mario and John, were talking about him, at least relative to his speed, uh, and were saying Rager is the way to go. and That's fine. I understand that, too. But I have a good friend, Travis Elliott, who used to work with Redware and has done a lot of work. He He's aware or he was on Chenault really since his days in Colorado and has been saying he's a talent. I think it's pretty clear we're seeing it right now on the field there is one name you mentioned tim patrick um when it comes to the broncos pass catchers i don't like i get concerned i get it kj hamler noah fant looked like they have pretty serious injuries noah fant was very regularly getting involved in that offense we know Cortland sutton's done for the year so really it is just jerry judy i just don't like the thrower whoever is the starting quarterback for the broncos makes me really hesitant but patrick did have a pretty good game thursday night last thursday against the jets
2: it's really early in the week, but there's a slight chance Drew Locke is back week five. And, you know, watching, I watched probably more of that Thursday night game. It was, it was actually kind of fun. Uh, but uh, but Brett Rippon seemed to be okay. I mean, he's he's going to make some bad decisions. He, he took a couple of hits there, but he also slings it a little bit. I mean, got a little bit lucky on that pass to Judy when Judy made an amazing play here. <laughs> yeah. But uh I mean if he's a guy that's not afraid to step in there and and throw down field and and that's great for a guy like you know well especially Judy but uh I mean like you said, if if Hamler and, and Fant are out of the mix, I don't I don't see Jake Budd or Deshaun Hamilton or Deontay Spencer or Nick Vanette coming in and just lighting things up from a fantasy perspective. So Judy and Patrick should be seeing you know eighty percent of that team's targets that are going to pass catch.
1: They play the Patriots though this week. I mean that's another factor of it. What's what's the over under total right now? Probably under forty or close to it, especially if Newton is unable to play. Like I mm-hmm. just don't. I don't see a lot of scoring happening. The one weapon the Broncos have is Melvin Gordon, and we know that Bill Belichick is very good at taking away one specific player. So maybe – Patrick gets more involved, but I think that six catches, 113 yards, and touchdown he had Thursday against the Jets is probably more of the high mark that we'll see yeah. in his
2: Yeah, no, I agree. It, it, it is a lot of it of a case of buying past production as opposed to future production, but again, this is one of those pickups where if your league's run on Thursdays or, or what have you, um, you have to watch the injury report of those other guys, see who's going to be around, and then you know, then Patrick sneaks into that wide receiver three flex scenario. There's no total out on the Patriots-Broncos game this week yet. Uh, for good reason. Yeah, for good reason. Everyone else has got an over-under all set here, but that is one without one, and I could see that one coming out a little bit late, too.
1: Alshon Jeffrey logged two limited practices last week. Greg Ward uh, has been the main receiver, at least this past week, in the win over the 49ers. I loved his over-under. They, they gave it four and a half receptions, uh, and I mean, the guy was like, the he's getting all the targets out of the wide receivers. You have to throw that position mm-hmm. at least once and then travis Fulgham gets this like random touchdown at the end travis Fulgham was a practice squad guy for the packers and Rodgers really liked him quite a bit so it's interesting I-, I think greg ward is something i don't know how good that is but i think something especially in deeper leagues is better to have than nothing yeah and- let's just
2: have a an- let's do another little exercise here sunday night football against the 49ers uh, the wide receivers for the eagles John Hightower was the highest snap share, 80.6%. Greg Ward, 77.4%. Travis Fulgham, 59.7%. And Deontay Burnett, 30.6%. And you know that they've got a couple tight ends here that are more than capable. Well, here. really, only hurts because Goddard's yeah, out. Goddard's out. So, I mean, that that's why guys like Elshon Jeffrey squeeze their way onto this list here because I know the relationship with the organization hasn't been prime, you know, over the last couple of years, it seems. At least it seems that way from an outsider's perspective. But... Carson Wentz, again, there's another question about him, but I think uh, the eventual return of Elshon Jeffrey could be a real sneaky thing for fantasy people. I mean, yeah. we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about Elshawn Jeffrey in you know a week or two, and you know when they came in fully loaded with everybody else and Rigor being a factor and everything like that, I wasn't so excited about Jeffrey, but they're down to the bare bones now, and he is a playmaker. You know, like, Is
1: he the same as A.J. Green though? That's that's where I get a little bit – I would love to see Elshon Jeffrey um, be a thing again because he was really a, a fantastic fantasy asset. But I was correct on A.J. Green last year. I and mean, then he was just injury prone and he was old and in an offense that didn't look very effective for fantasy purposes. I think we could probably say the same thing about Elshon Jeffrey at this point in his career as well. Injury prone, a little bit older, in an offense that isn't very fantasy effective. I don't like it. When there's one guy like Greg Ward, sure, if he's going to get you a guaranteed seven points like he would in a full-point PPR league last week, I'm fine with that. But I don't know if I want to go pick up Alshon Jeffrey and wait for the inevitable – I don't know yeah. four or five I mean, catches.
2: He's old, he's thirty years old. This is his age thirty season. So he, he's not really, as old as AJ Green. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's really hard to just go ahead and say he's completely washed. Right now, he is coming off the second lowest large, yards per target of his career uh, in twenty nineteen across ten games. But I just, I mean, the opportunity is going to be there. So even if the skills only three quarters or sixty percent of what it was, I think the opportunity is definitely going to be there. I don't think we're going to see too many more Fulham games moving forward. So he, yeah. he's a guy that. Again, very few of us have the luxury of having this extra bench space. But if you do have a guy that you're gonna drop anyway, um, you know, I, I would drop AJ Green for Alshon Jeffrey, and I don't think that's too outlandish to say. Okay, interesting. Because uh, that's the, that's the way you that that's the way you frame this. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I suppose AJ Green's like fantasy purgatory, right? Well, you no, I, don't, you, I, you I mean, you can't put yeah. him in. Your, I mean, I know we we don't own him, right. but If you did own him, if 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 someone if you got auto drafted or you know you paid a random family member to do the draft for who doesn't know what they're doing, and you ended up with AJ Green for whatever reason, it's fantasy purgatory. I mean, you don't. It's even. I don't know. It's a little we, bit better because you don't have to cut him. With,
1: with A.J. Green, we know what it is there, right? There mm-hmm. is at least upside in this scenario for Alshon Jeffrey. That's kind of how you're phrasing this? Yeah, exactly. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Can I give you one more wide receiver name? Yeah, uh, let's hear it. Olamide Zacchaeus. Uh, a Zac- Zacchaeus. 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 Thank you. I, I feel like I need to throw in 14 Cs in there because his name has two Cs. I don't I don't get mm-hmm. it. Anyway, this has been a guy that Mario Puig, who does a lot of great stuff for us in Road Air, has been talking about, oh, I don't know, since March. It was James Robinson and Zacchaeus, who were the two main options that he was talking about, and saying Zacchaeus is better than Russell Gage. Well, I don't know if we're going to really see if Zacchaeus is better than Russell Gage, but if Julio Jones is going to miss time, and it certainly looks like it after he left the first half with a re- or the aggravation of his hamstring injury, mm-hmm. there is room for a third receiver to be fantasy relevant in that Falcons offense. And I don't care if Dan Quinn's fired. I think that happens the entire year. Zacchaeus was not too bad over the middle of the field and really looked like a strong runner after the catch. I love him quite a bit to the point where Higgins, Chenault, and I guess if Scotty Miller is playing, but Zacchaeus after that, and I'm going to be bidding him up
2: everywhere. Oh, geez. Um, I don't think you're going to have to bid him up everywhere. I mean I know I, people are fresh. Deep leaks. I know people problem. are fresh off that Monday night football performance, but if you're bidding more than a dollar or two on, on Zacchaeus, I, I don't know, it just it just seems a little bit unnecessary to me. He was getting soft, soft coverage mm-hmm. at the end of that game. You know, the Packers were just going to let him have the middle, and they were going to double and triple cover Calvin Ridley. So, of course, you know, Zacchaeus comes in and does that, but I am not ready to commit to that being something that you can rely on the rest of the season. Now, if you got more definitive answers on Julio Jones being injured, he was going to definitely miss the next five weeks or something like that, yeah, then that comes into okay. play. But this is an organization that's about to be in chaos here if you if they're not already then in Then why chaos. play
1: Julio? They're a franchise, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. I, I just...
2: You, Is he, Julio their franchise? He's allergic he to the be. end zone. I mean, he, he shouldn't at this be, point, Yeah. anyway. He's too old to it's be. Calvin it's Calvin Ridley. It's Calvin Ridley City. Oh, my God. Shut up I, about Calvin no, Ridley. Oh my God. You can't I, stop so, talking about it. I him. know. I, I pretty much cried last night when he couldn't catch a single <laughs> pass, and not for lack of being open for anyone who saw that game. I mean, Matt that Ryan first, underthrew him yeah, multiple times. Yeah, the deep, Yeah, there's deep D-post, and then there. Oh.
1: I thought I thought Jair actually looked pretty good in coverage against Calvin Ridley throughout most of the night. Mm-hmm. And it was an underthrown ball, but Jair was was on him for most mm. and that like I, I tweeted out last night. If you if you were like, uh, you know, the the Packers defense has nobody in the secondary, that was your game to be like, no, 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 because I thought Jair really took a step mm-hmm. on the national stage to make people aware of him. Anyway, let's move to the tight ends, some defensive streamers. I don't know. like We already talked about Robert Tanya quite a bit. Um, I don't think there's much more to the tight ends. Moali Cox, he keeps scoring. He only had two targets or two receptions that game against the Bears, though.
2: He's basically defying all the metrics that say Jack Doyle's running more routes, Jack Doyle's on the field. Trey Burton came back, too, we talked about that
1: last week as well.
2: But Mo Cox keeps scoring touchdowns. It's it's a dangerous game to play, but it's a name that's on the radar, and he's still under fifty percent.
1: There's roster. there's a few ask an expert questions I get every day, and they talk about uh, leagues where it's only touchdowns scored. I guess in that situation, I would be mm-hmm. considering picking up Mo Cox. But if you are playing that type of league, just please. Find find a different passion because that that's not it that's that's not that <laughs> touchdown
2: long. only leagues? touchdown yeah.
1: only leagues are just not it I'm sorry and I yeah. love fantasy football but I don't think I'll ever play that one um, OJ Howard he is done for the season Achilles injury Cameron Brate did catch that touchdown pass mm-hmm. uh, against the Chargers in that win Gronk is being a pass blocker or sorry yeah yeah mm-hmm. runner pass blocker like he talked about um, I don't know like I don't think I really want any bit of Cameron Bright, but he's at least a name and has been a reliable name in fantasy circles for many years. Other than yeah. when Bruce Arians has
2: been around, yeah, he's been around. I thought it was worth a mention here, given the status of OJ Howard, um, he, and you know Dal- Dalton Schultz, who's looks like he's pretty injured. He's over our fifty oh, percent he's roster threshold picked up, yeah, this year, yeah. so I, I mean, if you're if you're desperate for a tight end, see, I'm losing Noah Fant, and it's rough, and it stinks. <laughs> but um i never drafted him as my number one tight end right you know and i finally got Kittle back in some leagues oh, you know man, and, that was glorious <laughs> yes it was so great to have you know somebody one right thing go for me this week in fantasy but um so you got to think of some names, but these are tight end two names, really. I mean, there's yeah. I don't see a lot of tight ends out there that are going to suddenly come in and and make a difference for your league. I mean, Drew Sample got more targets this week. Yeah. He kind of flips well, into this fringy group here. But- L-
1: List mentioned that Robert Tonyan is like a top five, top eight fantasy tight end in his uh, Monday Night Observation article, which you can see on the site. Neither of us, it sounds like, are are as optimistic as Liz is about that. And mm-hmm. I, that felt like aggressive language to me. He's the very clear top pickup from that position and I think probably is a top three or four pickup overall. Yep. But again, I'm not using my number one waiver wire claim on him and I am also Right around that ten to twelve percent threshold, maybe even a little bit lower. And
2: Packers bye week ahead. That's exactly it. That's why. Yes. So yeah, just that's that's the big thing that we got to go to with tight ends. There's not a whole lot here.
1: Defensive streamers, Cardinals facing the Jets. No duh. You would be picking up the Cardinals last week. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. you should be doing if you have an extra roster spot. Not going and getting Alshon Jeffrey.
2: Extra picking. roster spot. Imagine having those. This oh year, man, in 2020. I,
1: yeah, that, that'd be nuts. I actually have a few, and I've been doing this. So I picked up the Cardinals defense, who weren't the worst start in the world against the Panthers this past week. Jets, no-brainer. Rams in the same capacity going against uh, the Giants this past week and now face another good opponent. I don't even know what their percentage was. Mm -hmm. Um, Cowboys against the Giants. I mean, we like Daniel Jones as maybe an option, but we know Daniel Jones turns the ball over just about Mm -hmm. every game at least once, if not twice.
2: I, there haven't been the shootouts this year like I thought with Daniel Jones. I, in my head, I thought of Daniel Jones as this year's Jameis. You know, maybe last sure. year's. That's or, fair. Or, or like even a Josh Allen type, where he's going to turn the ball over a ton, but he's going to storm back and have all these weapons. Well, his weapons are dropping like flies, and it's just not looking good for Danny Dimes this year. So. Um, he's but but I mean that makes one a target. I just don't know if I could see myself picking up the Cowboys' defense. It was really a tough defense for streaming this week. If you looking at the numbers, you know the guys under fifty percent rostered. Not a whole lot to like unless you can run out and grab the Cardinals right away because duh. But
1: do you uh, remember the, who the Ram or like what the Rams' percentage was? Like that's that was one that I was available and looking for in a couple of leagues this past week. They faced the Giants. They have the Washington football team this week. And mm-hmm. the Niners potentially still without Jimmy Garoppolo or Raheem, Raheem Mostert the yeah. following week.
2: I think people listen to us because they're that's good. They're that's definitely good. We want there. that um, rostered in this league. I'm looking at. I got to flip change my filter here, but yeah, they're uh, yeah their roster percentage is going to be quite a ways good. up there. Here, Los Angeles Rams are now. Am I seeing this right? 94% roster. Wow, okay.
1: So, I mean, that's that would have been way higher than I thought, and I was able to pick him up in two leagues. Okay, good. Thank you guys for listening and figuring out that uh, the Rams' defense is something that needs to happen. Should have been also going on with the Cardinals' defense as well because we knew their threats. I, I need to stress this again. You need to be looking ahead at the schedule if you have a mm-hmm. roster. No Jake jake joked it's year 2020 we don't have roster spots extra that's a luxury imagine that but if you do just in the happenstance Mm -hmm. always go and look who the jets are playing the Mm -hmm.
2: following week well the big thing is be aggressive your competition for the playoffs might be in a worse roster situation than you are so go ahead and screw them over right this is fantasy football so hopefully we got you a few names to go ahead and execute that strategy with. I know it's a, it's a it's a low waiver week and we're not super high on the options out there, but there are still a handful of guys that can improve your team at little to no damage to your fat budget. So yeah. so go ahead and uh, do your thing and and best of luck. Hopefully we get uh, hopefully we get full schedule this week. I love seeing the
1: questions too. Keep sending them in to Jake and I on Twitter uh, at JB Fantasy Sports for me at Roto Jake for Jake, uh, and that does for us in the RotoWare NFL Podcast Tuesday Waiver Wire Edition. Jeff Erickson with his guests. And of course, every Thursday, John and Mario do a great job of breaking down the games. Thanks for listening, everyone.